Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave of the Dog Trainer podcast, episode one forty-two. And if things sound different, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. We just got a little microphone upgrade. This is the upgrade. first official. I mean, I just feel yeah. like I'm talking into it, and it just sounds more clear. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I you feel. Know? I feel like we're on the Joe Rogan experience right now. These honestly. are the Joe Rogan experience microphones. Yeah, <laughs> gonna, it might take a little fine tuning with it. I mean, I yeah. God, it just like feels like. Yeah, it, the, like just even listen to the it. snap. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the snap in our voices. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for but all. There's your no ears, like though. spiking. You no, know? it's just got good control. Yeah, it's like really, really good middle of the line. You know. Yeah. So that's what we got right now. We got the uh, we got new microphones going right now. Yeah. Happy. Uh, Very happy excited. Black Friday to me. <laughs> happy Black Friday to you. Now the reason why we got the new microphones because everybody's been freaking bugging us about getting actual microphones for the staff podcast yeah guess what guess where these guys are going (laughs) these guys are going to the staff podcast yes they're getting our they're getting the hand-me-downs they will be microphone-ified yeah which is so good they definitely need it. which is great so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep three here because we generally never have four guests no you know i might order a backup just in case just in case you know but we will be taking this one, this one, and that one down to the 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 old facility, facilite, so they could start having their own little podcast yeah. microphone setup. Honestly, they could even hold it probably like this too if they wanted. I'll get them little the you little, get little stands, stands, like little tabletop ones, because okay. they got to be able to be moving around. Yeah, know? that's true. So, but that's coming that way. And then uh, I told you guys, come the new year, we're gonna have a new little look. Yeah, and this he he told me he was uh, researching. I was uh, doing earlier. a little research. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. Yeah. But I got some ideas. I'm excited got to see it. Got some ideas. We're also going to move closer to the windows, get a little natural light on us. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm that's what's new. Yeah. Josh, how was your uh how was your holiday? It was good. It was good. Uh we went to her family stuff. Um <clears throat> I was supposed to go down to mine this year, but if I'm going to be honest with you, the whole reason I didn't go to my family's in Indiana is because her grandma makes this cranberry sauce. That you is you like a homemade cranberry yeah, sauce. Yeah, she makes it with like some Jello and some. Uh, she puts nuts and uh, different kinds of fruits in it. Yeah, and it's the best thing I've ever had. So I literally changed my plans because I knew I wasn't going to get any of that. Yeah. I know that sounds really bad, everyone, but I'm still going down for Christmas, okay? I'm ju- I just had to push it off because I was like, I, I, that's my treat, you know? Cranberry sauce with nuts in it sounds <clears throat> interesting. I've never heard that. I know. It's it's so good. Kate makes a good uh, cranberry sauce, but this is actually really funny. So we sat down for Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. and, you know, we... Yeah. We pride ourselves in cooking a nice meal for the fam. Yeah, I saw, I, saw, I saw you out there uh, smoking that smoking turkey at 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we sat down and we ate the entire meal. That's going to have to not happen. <laughs> that is going to have to go away. All right. It de- it never records it. So Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why we hear it. Well, whatever. <laughs> so um, we sat down. We finished the whole meal. It was mm-hmm. incredible. And then we're sitting there and we're like, fuck. She forgot to put out the cranberry sauce. Oh, dude. No. She forgot to put it out. And it was like, she makes a good homemade cranberry sauce yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. It was sitting in the pot in the fridge. I guess you got lots of cranberry sauce the next few days. Yeah, a ton of leftovers. The next day, actually, she made cranberry sauce margaritas. What? She used the cranberry sauce to make a margarita. <laughs> and it wasn't bad. She really liked it. She drank like three of them. Dang. But... It was a little sweet for me. Not for you, huh? It was a little too sweet. Yeah, I feel that. that yeah, could be. But um, other than that, I got a. I think I I sent you a, a photo of yeah, my. Yeah, tell me about the Black Friday purchase. Oh yeah, I purchases, got, <laughs> if you will. Well, I got a forty-two inch monitor now, dude. This, <laughs> it's literally the size of my table. Yeah, but it's a OLED. Uh, it's the closest thing I'm going to get to an Apple monitor, um, for a fraction of the price because. Yeah. Their monitors start at about $3,500. Yeah, especially those big boys. Yeah. You know? And I mean, they're beautiful. Are they that much nicer? I mean, they might have a little... Not really. Not that... Not 
not for thirty five hundred dollars. I don't think so because now it's like I got that for it's usually seven or eight hundred, and I got it for like five something. Yeah, but it's beautiful. It's like exactly what I needed because I had bought just a a rinky dinky one, and it was terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever done was buying that. So I needed a new monitor. Um, and then that's a big ass monitor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's what, like forty something. What is it? Forty two. That's huge. This is yeah. like. 20 something i believe yeah yeah it's uh when <laughs> when when i have to go to like i mean that's like that's really yeah. fucking big <laughs> yeah but it's great for like photo editing oh yeah because like sure. i get into it you know but like if i have to like you know go to file or whatever i have to like i actually have to look up <laughs> like yeah. or if i have to get something down here i have to i have to actually move my neck instead of just my eyeballs that's so funny yeah but it, it was it's definitely it was a well well worth a purchase. Like uh, it's made my editing so much easier the last week. So yeah, I bet. Yeah, and it's the refresh rate on is great. So when I'm editing the podcast, we just look like, you know how crystal y- yeah, clear, y- crystal clear, and like yeah, yeah. the movements all like yeah, like 4K. You know, like because it's a 4K monitor oh, yeah. too, so I can actually see the 4K now. And I'm like, whoa, I love that. Yeah, so I've been having a great time with that. Hell yeah, um, very cool. Um, I don't really. I bought these microphones on Black Friday. We did yeah. all our like Christmas shopping before Black Friday because we already got good deals and everything. So, Kate, so as a nurse or working in the medical field or yeah. the healthcare field, you get access to so many freaking discounts. It's ridiculous. Really? Like, we get like 20% off Yeti. We get what? like 25 to 30% off Sonos products, like <sighs> Under Armour. You get like freaking, you know, 40% off certain things on Under Armour and stuff. Like, just like wow. every freaking brand name you could think of. Yeah, that's There's crazy. like a discount code that they give to like nurses and stuff. <sighs> so we bought, like, we just like, bought all our Christmas shopping. We were able to just like hunt for like discount codes on that website that she yeah. uses for it and just got everything like mega cheap. So. Okay. So are you guys bad about keeping <laughs> gifts away until Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. No, we talked about this a little bit. So mm-hmm. generally, no, like when it comes to like immediate family and stuff, no, no, no. It's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with the gift purchases we made for everybody, but I've got no problem with waiting. But for each okay. other, I feel like we're pretty bad about it. Yeah. Like, Kate bought, like, two things for me the other day, and she's sitting there, and she's like, I need to tell you what they are. She's <laughs> like, I just have, I have to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. you. I was like, no, don't, 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 yeah. don't, don't. And, and she wound up telling me one of them, because she just couldn't hold it in. Yeah. Couldn't hold it in. <laughs> yeah, my, my problem is, is, like, I try to get, like, useful things, you know? And, like... <laughs> So, like, Devin needed some headphones, yeah, and so yeah. I bought her new headphones, and I was just like, they came in the mail, I was like... Here you go. Yeah. I was like, am I really going to make you have to wait a month and a half to get, like, headphones? Like, here you go, you know? Yeah. And then uh, her and her grandma got me, like, some uh, really nice, pan, like, a pan set, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> I think she convinced her grandma to help her out getting it for me because she knew I like I'm the one that keeps her alive. That's right. <laughs> I'm the one that cooks so, all like, the, the time. The quicker he gets these, the more motivated he's going to be to keep cooking meals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I got to cook with those, and that was nice. But it's like now I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to do for Christmas? Because we gave him like yeah. the, the good gifts already, you know. Yeah, it's hard out here, you know. <laughs> it is, man. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well. A bunch of new things going on at the shop. So obviously podcast stuff, we're getting all situated. I'm really, really excited about what the uh, what the next uh, next couple months is going to look like for the podcast. Because I mean, upping the audio quality on the staff podcast is going to be a goddamn game changer. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just such a night and day difference right now between oh, yeah. like the podcast, like this <laughs> podcast and theirs. Yeah, just, like theirs just feels like it's like a cell phone podcast right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like that little road mic thing does it does a good job, but it's, it's all like, right, but it, it, it ain't. It's not this, it ain't this, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's gonna be freaking huge, man. Is getting that up to up to par, mm-hmm. and then ours, like I said, just visually, we just need a little cleaning up. Mm-hmm. You know, a little cleaning up. Desk is a little cluttered. I want to get a a little bit. You know, we originally we didn't know when we designed this podcast studio, if we will. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know where the hell it was gonna go, right? No. So we had four fucking microphones. We never use four microphones. Yeah. Only every once in a blue moon, like when we have like a shadow student in town or something, do we even use the third one? Yeah. So the third one is just gonna be not like on. You yeah. know, it's just gonna be somewhere else. Yeah. And then we'll bring it out when we need to bring it out. For you sure. know. Yeah. 
Uh, the table, I think, is probably a little excessively big. I think we probably can get away with a little bit smaller of a table. The design, again, it's just I, I needed to cover these, like, bare-ass fucking ugly walls yeah. that were painted <laughs> this way, like, when we bought the house. Yeah. So I covered it with all these, like, shitty posters and stuff. Like, those got everything's got to go. Yeah. You know? It's got to look refined and fine-tuned, and I want to play around with the camera angles. You know, I watch yeah. other people's podcasts sometimes. I'm just like, damn, that camera angle makes them look really good, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I feel like ours is pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it, but yeah. it could be better. Yeah. It could oh, be yeah. better. We're, we're working with what we got right now, you know? Working with what we got, so yeah. we'll see, you know? Because the, the big problem is just we're, like, right up on the wall, you know? <laughs> so it's like yeah. there's only, like, so many <coughs> ways I can, like, cut it, you know? Yeah. Especially, like... Otherwise, it's like right behind me or that one's right behind you. And then it's like we can't move or anything. So, yeah, I think, I, you know, I went back and forth between do we go with the lounge look or do we go with like the oh, oh like the setup, like the know? impulsive kind of. Yeah, like they're all just thing. like chilling yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know if I want to do that. I was I was going to do it originally. Yeah. But like I feel like that's like more if you have a bunch of people like they usually have like three or four people on their podcast. Mm, you yeah. can kind of sit around and lounge and stuff. Yeah. I think just two people. It's like a little little, awkward, a little excessive. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and also, generally speaking, I feel like we're rolling in here like half out of bed and like have like sweatpants <laughs> on and stuff. Yeah. And we need the table to be able to. Yeah, know, hide to hide that, that so we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have yeah. to get dressed up at nine a.m. every but day. But I did think about higher table, maybe, maybe like a, a cocktail table kind of style. You oh, know, yeah. could be a cool vibe. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, you'd have to make sure we get some comfy chairs, though. Yeah, we'll get some real comfy chairs. <laughs> Yeah, what what are those? Uh, Herman Meyer or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what they're called though. <laughs> Everyone says they're so comfortable. They're like eight hundred dollars or something. Yeah. So we'll see. So that's the podcast shop, guys. We're launching today. It'll have been out for a week by the time you see this. Almost a week. Um, the official new series on YouTube, and it's it's interesting, right? So this is cool. I talked a little bit about it last time about how we want to show more actual dog training, mm. right? <clears throat> it's it's interesting, you know, like I, they always say like when you get critiques or, or feedback from people and stuff like that, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But like, you know, if there's some truth in there, like hold it, hold it true, right? Mm. And we really did get a little extreme on YouTube with all our content is it's not not dog training content. Like, it's obviously dog training content, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, so much of it is the conversations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so much of it is us talking about what we're doing or we're highlighting the clips of talking to the client in between working with the dog or, like, any of that kind of stuff uh, as opposed to showing us actually working with the dogs. And, like, listen, you know, it's funny. Like, we'll get comments from people sometimes, like, especially with some of the reaction videos we've done of other people. People are like, oh, fuck you. You don't even train dogs. Or, like, you don't work with dogs like this. And we're like, well... We absolutely do. Like, yeah. there's there's zero part of my brain that says, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like, yeah, like, this person's working with dogs so much more extreme than me or, or whatever yeah. it may be, right? But we could definitely do a better job of showing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listen, we that is the goal of this new series is we're taking board and trains that we're working with, right? And we are filming everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, these dogs got dropped off on Monday morning, right? Mm -hmm. And we have filmed every single minute of their training sessions since Monday morning when they got dropped off. Mm. And because of that, the content we've got is really freaking good. Yeah. Really freaking good. And it also helps that these two dogs came in a fucking disaster. <laughs> a disaster. So let's pull up the video here. Right? Okay. You know, it's just really funny to me that people say that because that used they, to be. They don't say it a lot. Yeah. But like in some of the videos, like I think when we like reacted to like Beckman's videos, it's like, like, well, yeah, show us how you work with dog <laughs> aggressive dogs. It's like, and, and again, getting back to the truth of it, I'm like, damn, like I do it every day. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't have a bunch of easily accessible videos that I could pull and just be like, here you go. Like I have them, but here's the problem, right? They're buried in the vlogs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the vlogs are so dense. 
And it would be so difficult for me to now go through 169 episodes or however many fucking vlogs there are at this point, 159, mm-hmm. I think is what it is. And then I have to go into each individual one of those 159 vlogs and look at the timestamps on them. And we only started doing timestamps in the last year on them, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then go through and be like, oh yeah, there's the clip of Thor or there's the clip of Benny, which is one of the dog aggressive dogs that we worked with. Or, or there's the clip of this dog or this dog or this dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just too hard to easily grab that. And I feel like, again, for the vlog, for a lot of people, they, you know, the, 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 the nerds, you know, the dog training nerds want to get in there and watch it. And, and, you know, it is good and it's entertaining and stuff like that. Yeah. But the people that just want to see, yo, let me just see you work with a fucking dog, aggressive dog and see how you start introducing them to other dogs. Yeah. We need a video just for that. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so here we go. So these two dogs just got here. This is a little clip of, this the right which one's the right one hold on yeah okay so this is a clip of just the before footage of these dogs and we'll obviously put this in the video guys it's also going to be on our instagram you can go watch later mm. all right you ready oh scared man so they don't slip out of the collar <laughs> um let's go ahead and so, so, so just look at this, right? So, so we'll just start this off. So those first couple clips, he pulled them out of the car, right? Yeah. And literally the second he gets them out of the car, <laughs> they turn around the corner of the car. They see me standing like 25 feet away. They start barking and then fucking book it back to the car. Right. And yeah. then just start freaking out. Total panic. Tail absolutely tucked. I go over to try to help him manage these dogs because he's getting all tangled up with dogs and they're trying to jump back into the car and stuff. I go to grab the one. I grab the dog's leash and the dog literally, as I grab the leash, starts defecating all over the floor. (laughs) Right? Like just because I walked up and I didn't even like look at the dog or interact with the dog. I just grabbed the leash from him. Yeah. And the dog was in such an absolute panic. It literally shit itself right there. Mm. Right. The other dog is barking and reactive and stuff, thrashing at the end of the leash, trying to get away from me. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there and it's like, you know, me even approaching the situation makes it like a hundred times worse in that moment. Yeah. He doesn't know how to handle these dogs in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Just a disaster. So we're sitting there and it's like, okay, well, what do we do? And I'm, I'm like, all right, well, let me step back for a minute, right? Get yourself situated, right? And he's like, they won't walk with me right now. He yeah. said, right now, they will not walk away from this car. They were trying to slip out of their collars and stuff. So he said, anytime he takes them somewhere new and they do this, he has to pick them up and carry them. <laughs> Right. Wow. Like they, yeah. they will not walk. They just won't freaking do it. And here's the Jesus. thing. Like I, I said, you know, the one like literally I walked up and grabbed the leash and it started pooping all over the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what kills me about. It. I remember there was a dog daddy post that like Zach George was like using where Zach or like dog daddy walked up and like grabbed the leash of the dog and the dog was like shitting on the floor. Right. And people were fucking going crazy like look at your training look at what it's making these dogs do blah blah blah. oh my god and i remember that particular listen i'm not not here to defend all of the videos obviously but Mm -hmm. that particular video that i saw of his i was like you guys obviously have never worked with a dog that even looking at them makes them so freaking terrified that they start shitting on the floor yeah exactly right and this is in the first two minutes of these dogs getting here they were Mm -hmm. that out of control right so he picks them up he carries them into the facility right Again, trying to get away and stuff, socializing them. Very defensive towards other dogs, right? Chasing them all off because he's scared of them. Right? So, so just they're a disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. There's Literally. no other way to put it. Like, these dogs are just a hot-ass mess right Oh, my now. God, yeah. Right? They literally arrived the day before they were flown in from Turks and Caicos. Oh, right? it's this guy, okay. These two dogs, right? They're litter mates. They're only, like, 11 months old. They're mm-hmm. super young still, right? And they are just an absolute freaking disaster. Yeah. Right? So, so just by making sure we were able to film this entire, like, entry and stuff like that, like, we could show you guys. All right. These are really bad dogs, right? 
Yeah. Or bad, you know, subjective, bad, whatever. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think these dogs are, are horrendous monsters of dogs by any means, yeah. but they are in really, really bad shape right now. Mm-hmm. These dogs are in horrible shape, right? And we got it all, right? Well, you could see it, right? So now what we're doing is every day that we're filming these dogs, we're creating a mini lesson out of them, mm. right? So like day one, that drop off, right? We made a YouTube video and the YouTube video is actually currently live on YouTube. You can go watch it right now. Just went up. We're keeping them short and to the point, right? Mm-hmm. 20 minutes. This is how we took these dogs from being super reactive to me, terrified of everything, trying to get away from everything, not walking on a leash, mm-hmm. thrashing an alligator rolling every time they feel the leash pressure, to being able to just walk on a leash and overcome these fears, mm-hmm. right? That YouTube video literally will show you exactly how we did it. Yeah. It'll show you start to finish. These dogs will not walk and are very reactive to these dogs are now walking with us. Yeah. Right? And you could take that information. If you have a fearful dog, you could implement that immediately to any dog like that Mm -hmm. and get them past that hurdle. Yeah. Day two then, we went over, okay, we need to see now how bad, because he said, all right, well, once they get comfortable in the environment, you know, they generally will kind of warm up and stuff like that. I was like, all right, well, let's let's see. We got to make sure that if they're in an environment they're not comfortable in, that they're still going to be reliable with it. So what we yeah. did is we expanded outside of the facility. Mm-hmm. We went and we did exterior stuff. We did walking with them. We talked about how we were creating less strict rules in order to keep them successful. So like mm-hmm. it, w- with dogs like this, when they come in this bad, if you try to go right from this dog is an absolute disaster to like you have to heal on the walk with me or something like that, you're fighting an uphill battle. It's going to yeah. be a mess. It's going to be virtually impossible for the dog to be successful uh, with. And you're going to cause them to just go zero to 60 and ramp up and get even more anxious and even worse with stuff. And it's going to be a mess, mm-hmm. right? So we had to loosen our expectations of these dogs like tenfold, yeah. right? And create the easiest criteria we could hold them to in order to allow them to be successful and start building confidence. Mm-hmm. We talked about how we implemented that. We showed obviously how we did that. We then took them straight to Home Depot, a place that never in a million years this guy would have thought that these dogs could have went to, yeah. right? And we walked them through Home Depot day two successfully. Like no issues. Like they did so well. And it's because we broke the ice with all of these other things. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's going to be a YouTube video that will probably go live tomorrow. Right. Then yesterday with them, we did all confidence building drills. Everybody always asks, how do I build confidence with a fearful dog? And we always explain to them the training helps to build confidence by helping them overcome certain hurdles and then them become confident in the hurdles that they overcame. Mm-hmm. We freaking showed it, right? We yeah. did a training session exposing these dogs to all sorts of different um, textures and surfaces and agility equipment and all that kind of stuff. And you could literally see, I'm just going to show this clip that we took the other day. You could literally see that the confidence shoot out of these dogs from where they started in the session to where they ended in the session. Look at this clip. So this is the one that was reacting at me. Tail high. Look at this. Jumping over the agility equipment like it's nothing. Look at him wagging his tail. Happy to be with me. Hanging out. Stuff like that. Right? Yeah. We showed how we got these dogs from not just past the issue and still scared, but from being scared to being confident with these things. And that's something you're going to be able to watch as yeah. its own YouTube video as well, that's right? What, three, that's three that was day three. Day three. Yeah, three. Yeah, I never sorry, did. I... I saw you do that. I'm like, what, what is that? Are we throwing gang signs? Yeah, because three days, bro. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, so that was so that was day three. Yeah. Right. Day four is today. Right after this podcast, we're gonna go in. We're gonna start fucking crushing it with these dogs. So far, we haven't introduced any training equipment either with these dogs. Right. We haven't yeah. done any prong collar. We haven't done any e collar. We haven't done anything like that. We've simply just implemented. It sounds corny, but like leadership principles. Yeah. Right. Just, hey, I am in charge of things right now and I'm going to guide you through all of this stuff. Mm. Right. You need to follow my direction. And that doesn't mean sit down, stay this, that. It just means I'm not going to put you in harm's way, but you need to trust me through working through these hurdles. Mm -hmm. And that is such a freaking massive point to get across to dogs especially ones like this because the second you could get them to trust you of all these hurdles i'm helping you overcome Mm -hmm. and i'm not 
forcing you necessarily, but I'm definitely not allowing you to do anything else but face your fears with these types of things. Mm -hmm. The more that happens and they give in to your direction and they realize the thing you made them do is actually not scary, you build leadership capital, leadership capital, leadership capital, leadership capital. And then each time you face a new hurdle, then after that, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I'm I'm real fucking jazzed up on this uh, yeah on this kind of thing we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it gives us an opportunity to like, all right, last couple of years we've shown plenty of training, right? We've shown plenty of before and after videos and stuff like that. But now you're gonna go in, you're gonna be able to see really what we can do mm-hmm. through these videos. Yeah, no, I think it's really it's gonna be really beneficial to to like say fuck the haters because it's like. These first three days, mm-hmm. I didn't put a tool on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was literally like you said. I was just throwing them into this. Hey, I have this leadership role over you. You need to like listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is a huge thing that people need to see, especially maybe the the positive you know comments that we get. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look, like we we are working on a balanced, an actual balanced approach. Like I'm working to get these dogs with me before I start really teaching anything with any kind of tool or anything. Yeah. 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 And, and these dogs too, like they came in zero freaking food drive. I think want the, one of them took like a treat from Michelle yesterday for the very first time, you know? Um, but, but so far it's like, it's like, you know, you, there's no positive reinforcement you could leverage with dogs like this. Right. Um, and, you know, they're in a shelter. It's not like they were getting a lot of attention to their nutrition and stuff like that past like, hey, we got to keep these dogs alive. We got to feed them, right, which is totally understandable. But, you know, we're getting them on appropriate feeding schedules. We're making sure that we're developing food drive with these dogs so we can further build the confidence and, and keep them moving in the right direction. And I want people to really see the transformation of how dogs like this can go from that fucking scared. Like, th- like yeah. that is these, it was actually interesting. It couldn't have worked out better. Like, cause I was just like, all right, well, whatever, you know, we'll get some dogs and we'll work with them. We'll film what we can and, and show how to train a dog. But when I saw these dogs get out of the car and I saw just how bad they were, mm. dude, <laughs> he knew it's good. Cause yeah. like, you know, I want to, I want to showcase all different types of dogs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to showcase the really fearful ones like this, which these dogs, listen, I'm not going to say they're dog. They're, they're not aggressive. You know what I mean? No. They're just terrified. Yeah. They're terrified and they're acting on their fear. And that could mean that they get snappy or bitey and stuff like that. But like, they're not out to try to hurt people. Right. Yeah. I want to show how these dogs can turn into truly confident, independent dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then we're going to be looking for, you know, hey, we need a really human aggressive dog we could work with, with stuff like this. So you guys can see some of that, mm-hmm. right? Or a really dog aggressive dog or, or whatever it may be. Um, so we could showcase it all, you know, and I want people to see, hey, this is this is how this works, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And honestly, this these dogs, too, because I, I feel like this might be the more prominent problem that people have or just dogs in the fear of just new things in general and yeah you know they a lot you, you know you've seen a lot of people just get locked in like kind of tiptoeing around their dogs and it's like hey look if you even just take a couple days to just say no you're gonna have to work through it mm-hmm. and how much of a difference it could change you know well, it's just i i really like i want people to go watch that video maybe we'll do one of these days maybe we'll do a podcast reaction to like one of our training videos yeah that'd be cool that might be interesting because then we can yeah. really get into some of the behind the scenes of this kind of stuff because like this first one I, I really want you guys to go and watch it like it's it's very very interesting and again it's it's freaking two hours from when they got dropped off you know what i mean yeah. like it's like they got dropped off to here they are two hours later yeah. right so i say that not to be like oh my god it's the most amazing thing in the world but like it's not perfect by the end of it mm-hmm. right but you see in real time how we worked through those hurdles of these dogs will not fucking walk like how many people yeah. out there have you heard of that have dogs that will not go up and down the stairs right lot, or yeah. will not go into their kennel right mm-hmm. or will not jump into the car that's a big one mm-hmm. right uh, or any of these other types and all of the freaking information out there tells you you have to build a relationship with the dog right you mm-hmm. need to get the dog to like you and then you need to use positive reinforcement to help the dog create a better association with doing these things yeah it's not gonna work guys <sighs> it might work with your easy extremely food motivated dog that isn't actually that scared 
it will never work with dogs like this. Yeah. Because the problem is, if you're solely relying on coaxing them slowly into creating a positive association and wanting to do these things, but there being no accountability behind them ultimately doing it, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you might be able to make some headway and get them to jump in once or twice. But what happens when they then are starting to build this positive association, right? Mm -hmm. And then they jump in and slip a little bit or something. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're derailed 10x behind where you started at because now Mm. they absolutely don't trust you and are not even going to try to follow you and and follow those rewards or follow those treats to get them into where it is that they need to get into Mm -hmm. you know because they're like well last time i did it something scary happened and it reassured all the fears that i actually have yeah right Yep. <clears throat> so you have no way to work them past it even more from there. And this is what kills me about the relationship conversation sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our last podcast episode that we did with Richard, right? We talked a lot about relationship, which mm-hmm. great podcast, right? We, uh, we dug into some really interesting topics, I think. Um, and I think that all of the things that he preaches and a lot of people from like that kind of um, a segment of dog training, which is like, hey, focus on the health of the dog. Focus on making sure you're fulfilling the dog's needs, mm. making sure you're exercising the dog adequately, making sure you're providing a good life for the dog. Like, like obviously, mm. obviously all of those things are important. And all of those yeah. things go into and are a piece of establishing a relationship with mm-hmm. the dog, right? Yep. The problem is none of them, it, it, that by itself, I should say, never, ever, ever addresses the issue of when we're dealing with dogs that are just in bad situations, whether it's less than ideal living circumstances. Maybe it's a high-drive dog that lives with a a very hard-working, you know, away-at-the-office kind of family, Mm -hmm. right? Or whether it's these dogs who are absolutely terrified that are coming from this shelter situation, right, and are moving across the country, and, like, like their life is totally getting disrupted and stuff, which is going to cause them to cycle back into this fearful state of mind. Unless you have leadership and unless you have rules and boundaries that are clearly enforced— Mm-hmm. everything will constantly get derailed and the relationship you have sans those rules and boundaries constantly being reinforced will do you absolutely no good. Yeah. And I mean truly absolutely no good, mm-hmm. right? And that was something we had to kind of disputed somewhere maybe halfway through to like three quarters through the podcast that we did last time was he started getting into the relationship and this this is why it gets past these things and you, you mm-hmm. do it without suppressing stuff yeah. and, and blah, 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 right? But I think I even kind of like said a couple times in the podcast, every time he said that, I was able to point out how without rules and boundaries and those being clearly enforced, and then we also confirmed that rules and boundaries being clearly enforced involves a degree of suppression Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't work still. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, it was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but that's what, that's what kind of kills me about the relationship discussion sometimes, you know, and getting back to the comment I told you that we were going to read, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we did a vlog, vlog number one, six, damn, we are 160, mm-hmm. 161 or something, I think is what we're up to. Yeah. He said, you know, absolutely. The bond is absolutely everything. It's the one thing that makes your dog truly want to please you. It's really hard to teach anything or to affect behavior in a meaningful way when the dog couldn't care less about you or what you want. Right. That was from uh, Jenna, I believe. She mm. was watching the vlog. Right. Okay. And I replied back. Right. Because that's kind of the same conversation as this relationship. Like everybody preaches, like, once you have a relationship with your dog, the dog mm. should just want to please. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's bullshit, guys. That is bullshit. So I replied back. I said, Yes, but we have some interesting views on bond and how it's established and what it is. I don't think dogs ever just want to please people for no reason. So no. I'll make that a good talking point on one of our next podcasts, right? Yeah. So so here's the thing, right? Like, what is bond? What is relationship? Let's find I actually I, I, I like yeah, well, to I like to resort to the Webster definitions of these yeah. things. <laughs> bond definition. <clears throat> a relationship between people or groups based on shared feelings, interests, or experience. Uh, yeah, and then the rest is like 
a chemical bond, <laughs> <laughs> a connection between two surfaces or objects. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Not so that. let's look at the first one, right? A relationship between people or groups based on shared feelings, interests, or experiences. Right. Mm. So obviously it, it is a relationship between you and a dog. Right. Mm. Absolutely. The bond is, let's, let's get back to like what this person originally said, like the bond is obviously important. Mm -hmm. Again, the key is just the definition of what is the bond, right? So the relationship that's based on shared feelings, interests, or experiences, Mm. right? So we'll kind of work backwards with this, right? experiences, shared experiences, right? Obviously, you're going to develop a bond by experiencing new things with your dog, mm-hmm. right? Shared feelings, right? Obviously, both parties need to feel the same about that experience, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're working with a dog, right? Or you own a dog and you haven't done dog training and your dog might love going to the park, mm-hmm. right? But you absolutely fucking hate going to the park because when you go to the park, your arm gets ripped out of the socket, right? Mm. And the dog is constantly trying to chase everything that it sees, right? Yeah. And you have no control over the dog, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is not going to be a good bond that you have with your dog, Mm. right? Shared interests, I think goes kind of the same way, right? You both might be interested in going to the park together once you establish enough control over your dog Mm -hmm. to be able to know that I could take you here and you could sniff around and you could enjoy it, but I could still keep you under control, Mm -hmm. right? So it's mutual, right? So to what people like I think Richard kind of get to is let's say when we're working with a dog that's really out of control and it's one way, right? The dog really likes going to the park, but I fucking hate going to the park, mm-hmm. right? And we have to get that behavior under control, right? So let's yeah. say I teach the dog very strict rules and boundaries at the park. Mm-hmm. I create consequences for those unwanted behaviors. And then we start going to the park and maybe it flip-flops. Maybe now I like going to the park <laughs> because it's easy peasy, right? Yeah. I'm not getting my arm ripped out of the socket constantly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But now the dog is like, eh, going to the park kind of sucks, right? (laughs) Because every time I go to the park, I'm getting in trouble for this or getting in trouble for that or whatever it may be. Mm. That also would not equate to a good relationship, right? But here's the problem. Sometimes it needs to flip-flop a little bit before Mm. it gets right in the middle. Yeah. Because in a lot of cases, what'll happen is initially we have to make sure that the human's needs are met, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't help others unless you could help yourself, yeah. right? So human's needs are met. It's now not an absolute chore to be able to take the dog to the place that they like to be able to go to. Mm-hmm. But for the first handful of times after you do that, the dog's like, ugh, bummer, rules, yeah. right? But as you continue doing it, because now the human likes doing it, yeah. the dog realizes as long as I stay within these rules, that I could still do all the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where the magic happens. And that's where the bond is built. Yeah. Right. So I always look at building a relationship or building a bond with a dog as a two part process. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure, first and foremost, it's not all about the dog. The yeah. dog can't just have whatever it wants all the time, whenever it wants it, mm-hmm. because that's miserable for the human. Right. Yeah. So if we can get the human to want to go and do these things with their dog, like take them to the park or let them run off leash or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. then in time, because we're doing that thing more and we're enjoying it and we're less stressed out and motivated to actually go and do it, the dog realizes that the rules and boundaries are consistent. They just have to stay within those rules and boundaries, no different than a kid playing soccer or yeah. a kid learning to play football or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then the dog can then start to enjoy it again within those rules and boundaries. Yeah. So that's where I get to what is the key to a healthy bond? Rules and boundaries that are understood and clearly enforced. Yeah. That's it. That's my spiel on bonds. I like it. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. This like weird equal like relationship bond thing is just not. I mean. No, no, it's no, no, a, no. It needs to be equal. Well, yeah. Right? But, Both parties need to enjoy the things that they're doing. Yeah, no, right? for sure. But there are going to be times that we need to get the dog to do things they don't like, obviously. And yeah. that's a part of, listen, 
having a healthy relationship is yeah. is making sure that both parties are are you know equally learning to enjoy their things right yeah. there's going to be times where maybe you don't want to take your dog for a walk right mm-hmm. but you still got to go do it right yeah <clears throat> i think i mean as sometimes it almost feels like they're trying to say like the dog is like almost looking at the bond <laughs> as as like a human you know? Yeah, I mean, that just gets back to, like, the human-centric, dog-centric conversation, yeah. which is just, like, you know, like, I think he was saying at one point in the podcast um, that, um, you know, he doesn't feel good unless he gets his dog an hour walk a day. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all for it, all for it, all for it. But real life says that most people aren't going to walk their dog for an hour every single day. Yeah. And if we say that the dog's needs, like, if you get a working dog, like, I have Vinny. Right. Vinny probably could benefit from an hour long walk every day. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a he's a a wild boy. Right. But there are absolutely going to be times I know that I can't walk him an hour a day. And if we're contingent on the dog's behavior being under control, only if we're providing those things the dog quote unquote needs every single day, yeah. you're still gonna live a miserable life with your dog because you're 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 trapped within the confines of that. Now I'm not saying it's su- it's such a it's a delicate subject because I'm not saying that you could just neglect your dog's needs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like life gets in the way sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where you have to get into the conversation of like if somebody's me- needs aren't gonna be met in this day, like whose are they gonna be? Right. And that's where you get into the hierarchy of like dog human. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, listen, you're living in my house. I'm providing a good life for you. 99.9% of the time I'm providing everything you need. But this week is fucking crunch time at work. And I'm just not going to be able to do as much with you as I would like to. Right. But listen, it'll be fine because after these five days, you know, we'll go to the park and we'll have a really great weekend together. Then after that, right, we'll kind of make up for it. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's going to happen sometimes, you know? Yeah, I definitely have that. uh, Personally, I'll, I'll have that guilt trip sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's like if I'll have three or four shoots in a row, and then by the time I get back, you know, it's like six o'clock's already dark outside and everything. So it's <laughs> like we don't really get on a like a like a good hike or anything. If he doesn't get it for a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, fuck. But, you know, but then when we go on it, like, he loves it, you know? And, and sure. it's like you see, I still see that he's getting the enjoyment and fulfillment. <laughs> out of life so yeah kate and i will find sometimes like it's funny we'll look at each other every now and then we'll be like Vinny seems a little cooped up right now Mm -hmm. you know he's just like kind of wired and like moving real fast and pacing around the house like that we're like he's a little wired right now like we got to make sure we get him a lot of exercise over the next couple days yeah you know and you kind of just you do what you can you know Mm -hmm. but you got to be a little easier on yourself over some of this stuff too you can't hold yourself to these rigid fucking expectations sometimes oh yeah you know and then when we notice that like i said the you know that weekend or something we'll freaking take them out all day somewhere we'll go yeah. shopping with us we'll go to the park yeah we'll chase the ball you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we'll do all sorts of things and, and make sure we tire them out and fulfill them but you know yeah oh yeah so i don't know you know it's i i don't think there's ever going to be truly a uh a a understanding amongst all parties when it comes to these types of conversations because because I think when we had the dog trainers podcast guys on, like we were talking about how like, or maybe it was on one of their episodes or something. They were talking about, you know, unfortunately when there's a true philosophical, no, I don't know, moral uh, uh, or or whatever kind of, kind of, you know, core core belief issue yeah. i yeah, think yeah. is the word they use a core belief okay. issue you yeah. know where it's like you believe things are one way i believe things are the other way but those things we believe are like our core beliefs yeah right no matter how much you dispute it you'll never come to grips with it right yeah. it's like not to get super wildly like political and stuff but it's like the abortion debate right like there's never going to be a compromise or understanding from one party to the other mm. because it truly is a moral and core belief issue, right? And yeah. when it's that deep-seated in you, you could never really see the other side. That's you true. Know? Yeah. And I think when you look at the conversation of like, you know, the people that are like, dogs are equals to us, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that is a core belief, no different than oh, yeah. when people were saying women are equal to men. You know what I mean? Like I'm like that, like there's no, absolutely no changing their mind mm-hmm. to the people that feel that way, which is fine, you know? Um, but I think that's really where the, the disputes kind of come into play is those core belief issues. 
Yeah. You know, I 100% agree. <coughs> you know, they, <laughs> yeah, I, there's no way you're going to change like someone that's really dedicated to that, that side of the conversation, you know? Yeah. Especially like in this dog training stuff, like the, like the super positive only people, like yeah. no matter what you say, even if you tell them that you, they're using a halty and it's kind of the same thing, they'll yeah. be like, no, it's not. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. It's just different. So it was interesting. What was the other thing? I forgot what the the thing he was talking about. The 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 something scale it was the something pyramid he was talking oh, about. Um, what the hell was that called? Because I did want to talk about that a little bit today, also. Oh God damn it, motherfucker! What was it called? It wasn't behavior. Um, no, it was, it was like somebody's name or something. Yeah. But the the idea that you know it oh, broke down the like a stress scale or something because yeah it, it was something it was a, it was a stress scale yeah but it, there was a name for it mm. stress scale let's see if I can find this this is gonna drive me freaking crazy it was there was a person's name yeah stress scale. Let's see if I can find it based on uh, stud. understanding stress in your dog. The layered stress model. Layered stress model. There it yeah, is. Yeah, boy. We got it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, all right. So we got the layered stress model here. I wonder who created this. I don't know if this was like a J-Jack created thing, but. Your dog's welfare with the layer. No, it sounds like this is just a common. Oh, here we go. So this is actually on Tyler Muto's old website. I don't know if this is currently his or not. No, I think this is because he sold the company. All right. So let's just uh, let's just read this here real quick. So this is very interesting. I I did. This is something he brought up that I was like, you know what? That is a very very good articulation of understanding behavior that I do think can be talked about a little bit more. All right. So look, so this blog post by canine connection, I'm assuming Tyler wrote this. I could be wrong though. It says an interesting perspective on canine aggression. It says the staff here at canine connection, including myself recently completed a workshop in canine socialization, which had its main focus on understanding the causes and dimensions of inter canine aggression. The workshop leader, Chad Mackin founder of pack to basics program, and board member of the International Association of Canine Professionals outlined a model of aggression that he termed the layered stress model of aggression. Okay, so Chad Mackin must have created this. Although it may be argued that standing alone, this model does not represent a complete understanding of the causes of aggression, I believe that it does supply a very practical vantage point that every dog owner can benefit from. And I really, really like that sentence there because just like we were talking about, right, all of these... Um, call it relationship or, or meeting their needs or whatever it may be are very, very important pieces. Like all the things we talked about on the podcast last week, yeah. but they are not independently the solution basically. Right? Yeah. But everybody can benefit from them. So the layered stress model essentially says one, every dog has a predetermined stress level or stress threshold beyond which they can potentially become dangerous Two. The stress threshold itself is generally unchangeable. Three, various factors in a dog's life can add layers of stress, each of which bring the dog closer to their threshold point. Four, layers of stress can be diminished or eliminated by A, removing the stressor, or B, changing the dog's response to that stressor through counter conditioning. Mm -hmm. Five, the more layers of stress we remove, the less likely any one specific event is to push the dog beyond the threshold point and result in aggressive behavior. So before we even continue on this, I 1000% agree with all of this, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously your th stress threshold is generally unchangeable, right? Everybody, every dog has a predetermined stress threshold beyond which can become potentially dangerous. We talk about every dog under the right circumstances can have an aggressive outburst, mm. right? Yeah. 
even your most friendly dog in the world, if suddenly is bombarded by all these things that stress them out in an environment that's already stressful to them with another trigger outside of that that causes stress, like that could, even if they've never acted aggressively before in their life, cause an outburst. This is also Mm. the same reason why some dogs will be very, very social within their home, but the second they go outside of the house, they're unbelievably stressed. That could be because the world is overwhelming to them. Mm. That could be because the leash attached to them creates a degree of stress and frustration, right? Mm. Um, it, whatever, right? That That's the reason why you see differences in these types of things, right? So this model is very, oh, and uh, layers of stress can be diminished or eliminated by removing the stressor or changing the dog's response to that stressor through counter conditioning. So, um, you know, removing the stressor. We talk a lot about socializing dogs with other dogs. Hey, a toy can be a stressor, we call a resource, right? But it could mm. be a point of contention. So just eliminate it, right? Have the dog have a healthy social without all these other variables you need to worry about at once. And then later on, we could address why that resource causes stress or resource guarding around other dogs, Mm. right? Changing the dog's response to the stressor through counter conditioning. I would argue that not just counter conditioning from the classical term of like, let's create a positive association with this thing, but helping the dog overcome hurdles. So these dogs, the reason why their confidence is skyrocketing is because we're changing their perception to the things that scare them, whether it's new surfaces, whether it's walking when they're scared around another person, right? Mm. All those types of things reduce stress. Yeah. Right. Uh, do do, and then the more layers of stress removed, the less likely any one specific event is to push the dog beyond threshold point and result in aggressive behavior. Basically, the 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 more we could have the dog view the world in a healthy way and kind of manage their environment and stuff, the less chances of something bad happening. That's why mm. us as dog trainers are so good at owning challenging dogs, is because we understand what that dog needs from us in yeah. order to be us or the environment in <laughs> order to be successful. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so moving on. This model is very practical if we begin to look at the behavior of an individual dog. Let's take an example of Snarly the Terrier. Snarly has a history of being very reactive when company come over to the house. He is fine as long as people are sitting down and behaving relatively calmly. However, if someone gets up to use the bathroom or makes a sudden movement, Snarly will get up and lunge at the guest, potentially biting. The action of someone getting up or making a sudden movement is for Snarly a specific stressor that pushes him beyond his threshold, thus putting him in the danger zone. While it is appropriate to work with this specific context by desensitizing Snarly to people's movements and counter-conditioning him to respond differently, it can be of great importance to also look at other areas of Snarly's life and work to remove or reduce any layers of stress possible. To be more clear, let's give numerical values to stress. Let's say Snarly's threshold is 150 units on the stress scale. What this means is that if his stress level goes beyond 150, he is likely to snap. Dude, these words are so small. I feel like, good thing I got good vision. (laughs) Now let's look at various things in Snarly's life. Snarly lives with very inconsistent humans who don't always give clear commands that he understands, but rather tend to speak to him in full sentences that he has to decipher. The confusion adds a relatively constant stress level of 20 to Snarly's daily life. Snarly also does not get regular physical exercise and often has pent-up energy, which leaves him feeling a little edgy. This pent-up energy adds another 20 to Snarly's stress level. Snarly also is getting older now and is developing some arthritis in his joints. This discomfort adds another 30 to his stress level. This is a really, really well-broken-down way of talking about this. Mm. Because we talked a little bit in the podcast episode last time the confusion of talking to him in full sentences and stuff. Mm -hmm. If you have expectations of your dog, regardless if you're correcting them or rewarding them or whatever, and those expectations are not understood Mm -hmm. and that causes tension between you and your dog, that will keep your dog constantly a little stressed out around you, which can absolutely contribute to problems. For sure. Absolutely. So before guests have even arrived, Snarly Mm -hmm. is living with a stress level of 80. This medium level level of stress may not be visibly apparent to his owners, but it is there regardless. Now arrive the guests and having strangers in the house adds 40 more stress points. And finally, quick moments by those guests add 50 more stress points. We suddenly find poor snarly stress level at 170, well beyond his threshold and he snaps. If you are like me, you could relate to Snarly's situation. When I have a bad day, it typically is compiled of lots of small, stressful events that continue to build. Eventually, one small thing, something that normally is very tolerable, puts me over the edge and I snap. So, if we really, truly want to help Snarly, we need to look at the whole picture. Let's add constant, consistent obedience training and clear human leadership to Snarly's life. 
This brings stress of living with humans down to five. Let's also add consistent structured exercise to Snarly's daily routine in the form of controlled walks and playtime with his humans in the backyard, not by himself. This eliminates the stress caused by the edgy feeling of pent-up energy. We also take Snarly to a veterinarian and add supplements to his diet to help with his arthritis, thus reducing the discomfort, bringing the stress from the condition down to a 10. Now we have reduced Snarly's daily stress level down to 15. See where I'm going here? Company then arrives, adding 40. Someone makes a sudden movement, adding 50. We are still only at an overall stress level of 105. Suddenly, Snarly isn't biting people anymore. Of course, dogs are creatures of habit, so unless we start making this change very early in Snarly's biting career, it is likely that he has developed a conditioned response to people moving around. However, since we have removed enough stress, counter-conditioning this behavior and teaching Snarly to lay calmly in his bed is now a breeze, since he is well beyond his, below his threshold of stress and thus perfectly capable of coping with those actions. That last point is really freaking key also, because mm. the problem is, early on, these might be responses that the dog is learning, right, and mm. acting based on kind of their instinct with things. Yeah. But at a certain point, aggressive behaviors, reactive behaviors, things like that with dogs like this, become just conditioned responses yep. or just just automatic behaviors that the dog does mm -hmm. right it's a habit yep. it's been built into the dog that the dog is no longer acting out of being over threshold but they're acting out of just this is the routine somebody gets up and i do this mm -hmm. somebody gets up i do this right yeah so this is where you get back into one piece of the puzzle yeah. but all of that to say I really, really, really do like this way of looking at this. And like I said, this was a this is a great post. Shout out, um, shout out, um, Tyler, if he wrote this. Uh, this is a really great post to help outline how we can look at the entire picture of what we're providing for the dog and help reduce stress a little bit to at least give us a better fighting chance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> Hell yeah, that was cool. I'm glad we found that very rapidly. Yeah, too. We think. <clears throat> I mean, it's yeah, it's a very. I mean, that whole pyramid and the, and the whole like concept behind it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that that last piece is like if they have already made that a pattern. Like I guess it's kind of like a a stress not reducer, but like a to keep it away. That's a good word for that. Like a preventer. Yeah. For that the dog just kind of has. He's like, I know this is going to make me go crazy, but now I know if I do this, mm -hmm. then you won't do these sudden movements or, or whatever. Sure. So it's kind of like, a, I guess, a self-defense mechanism, really. I mean, I, that is what it mm -hmm. is, but it really, really creates it into that kind of pattern in yeah. their heads, I think. The, the missing link, right, is like all of those things are so important. And if you're yeah. constantly looking at your life like that, over time, your relationship or your bond with your dog will get better because the dog mm -hmm. will be less stressed, you will be less stressed, which will allow you to uh, have better mutual experiences and feelings, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is obviously the goal, right? Mm -hmm. But those organic changes that are going to happen with that take time. Oh, yeah. And my issue, and the thing I've stood by forever as we've been training dogs, mm -hmm. right, is that some people don't have the time to wait to allow the relationship to get better. Yeah. Right? And it's not going to change the fact that it takes time. But by being a little bit more human-centric, holding the dog a little bit more accountable— caring about their feelings but saying listen my feelings matter as well and some of these things that cause me immense amounts of stress we need to get under control right now so i can provide all of these things for you mm -hmm. that is extremely necessary as well especially when we're dealing with dogs and humans that are already living with such an unbelievably toxic relationship yeah so that's the thing I, I, I preach with all this kind of stuff. Mm. I totally get what everybody's saying that likes to like really lean into this stuff and say, just do this, right? And mm -hmm. and it will it will help provide what you <laughs> yeah. need for your dog. I'm not discounting that at all, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes we need to just get the human a little bit of relief much faster. Yeah. So Yeah, and then and then you can start implementing those things. But it's like, yeah, you yeah. need you need the control first. Mm-hmm. So Cool. So yeah, a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. Interesting little follow-up conversation here. Very excited. Guys, stay tuned on YouTube. I'm telling you. Yeah. Watch these fucking videos. Share them around. I'm excited. Leave a comment. Let us know what you yeah. think. 
please leave a comment. Like and subscribe. <laughs> smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> you got anything else? No, man, I'm good. I'd love to see it. Let us know how the mics sound. Yeah. I'm please. very excited about it. I want to make sure my money was well spent. Yeah, let us know those levels are good. <laughs> Wait, what was that? I saw a comment the other day. Uh, <clears throat> it was on the one before with Richard. Uh, it was, uh, he's like, minutes of... What do you say? Oh, God, I don't even like, know. They like, were talking about it. It's like two hours. Somebody was mad that the podcast episode was two hours long, I think. Yeah, but he was like minutes of, of oh, oh, banter or oh, something. Oh, minutes of banter. I think what they were saying is I think it was the one before Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. I think what they were saying is I said at the beginning of that podcast, I was talking about shaving off like the 10 oh. minutes of like bullshit kind of ahead of time. Oh, yeah. You know, if we really wanted this podcast to blow up, I feel like what we would do is we would have our topic. We would just talk about that topic very clearly yeah. for like 20 minutes and then just that's it, you know? Because again, what what these fucking algorithms and stuff like is yeah. a total view of the fucking video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the longer it is and the more filler there is, the more likely you are to have people skipping through it or not finish it. Or yeah, things like that's that, true. Which YouTube fucking hates that shit, man. Oh, yeah. So... So watch our videos all the way through whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. Enjoy the banter, all right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next yeah. time. See you.